What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. I welcome you to this episode of the Niche Finder Framework. I want to take some time to just parcel out the seven tips for designing and expressing your expertise. Now, I'm going to break this up into two different sessions now and retool some of the things that were shared before because I believe that it can add more value. Let's begin. Diane Kelly in her book, Quality Management in Healthcare, she shared a story of a college student who went out to a football field, had some grass seeds in his hand. And in the summertime, when everyone else had gone home, he was there. For whatever reason, he would take every on every day, he would put grass seeds on the grass and he had a black and white striped shirt on uh, each time that he did it. And he would just throw the grass seeds on a football field. And then before he got off the field, he would blow a whistle. Now, the next day he would come, he would do the same exact thing, throw the grass seeds all over the football field. And right before he walked off, he blew a whistle. Now, just think about this. For some reason, he took pleasure in doing this exercise. He was uh, a bit of a jokester. Fast forward now into the start of the new season. The start of this new season for schools to open back up in this college, this particular college that he was doing this, um, had the big football game that came out onto the field. Is now the two rivals coming up against each other. And as soon as both teams are on the field, the stands completely packed now with people, friends and family coming to see the, the game or both and root for their teams. The referee walks out to the middle of the field, takes out his whistle and blows it to begin the game only to have birds descend <laughs> on the football field 
And so, you know, all the players, they start to scramble and they get all the birds out of the way. And then it's <laughs> all right. Come on. I don't know what that was, but let's start us again. He's being he, the referee blew the whistle again. And what happened? The birds descended upon the field. <laughs> yes. So the, the, the preframe that they did not know was that jokester, the, the psychology student who uh, was playing a prank on the, this, this big game for the school. Um, they, they realized that what they saw was happening at that moment, although they were trying, they thought the birds was the problem. The bird wasn't the problem. Although, yes, they, I guess you could argue that it, they were the problem. But the real problem started way back, right? And it started way back. And quite often when it comes down to solving problems, uh, what we see as a problem may not necessarily be the problem. So that's why when we talk about having our expertise, helping others to solve problems, the simplest process that we can use to solve the problem oftentimes is the best in this situation you know i had people when i shared these stories before they would say well how do we begin the game again you know and and someone would say well you know let's you know get a hawk <laughs> you know, let's go let's go somewhere and get a hawk i don't know but the most simplest thought that someone shared with me was just change the whistle and guess what if you change the whistle, and let's just say you got a bullhorn as opposed to the whistle, uh, for at least for that moment, the, the problem will get solved. And so, however you feel that you would solve that problem, um, you know, I would love for you to just take a crack at it and just, you know, noodle it for a minute and think about how you would solve the problem. But the point is this: uh, there, there's, there is a a man named or a theolo- he was a logician. And also theologian William of Occam, and he came up with something called Occam's Razor. I know I love driving down a rabbit hole of research, and as I started to research this statement that's accredited to uh, William of Occam, uh, known as Occam's Razor, uh, it, it is this. It is defined as the simplest solution is almost always the best. Now, I couldn't help be overtaken by the irony that as simple as this statement is, the principle itself is great, but it is often misquoted and and, and, and depending on what environment you're placing it in, it may not even apply. Like if you apply it to medicine, you don't necessarily want the simplest solution uh, <laughs> because, they, you know, things are complicated and people are complicated. Everybody's different. Right. But uh, so without going again down, down that path, what frustrated me was just looking up the origin and also getting better understanding of Occam's razor, I found out that it got really, really complicated and it just turned me off. And so when I talk to you today about expressing, designing and expressing your expertise, I'm only going to give you a few today. Next week, I'll give you some more. Uh, But the total that I found are seven. Uh, on a life cycle of excavation, uh, you can, you know, now add layers to the easy principle that I shared a few weeks ago, the why in the easy method. And, and these seven tips will help you to yield results, the why in the easy principle from your expertise. And it will help you by defining what you offer through frameworks that define your expertise. Remember, Gregory Norcraft uh, defined 
the definition of expertise is the difference between experience and expertise is that expertise is having predictive models that work. So how about we put in some work? And by putting in work, I would love for you to look at your expertise as a way of making someone else's job simple. So you take complex ideas and you take your talents, your experience, whatever it is, your something from your 5P framework, you're taking it and you're now beginning to uh, regurgitate it <laughs> or reframe it, repackage it in a way that is that is understandable. But what you're what you're actually doing is you're helping people to think differently we look at albert einstein and what did he say one of the smartest men uh, to ever live he said education is not learning the learning of facts rather it's the training of the mind to think so how about we get into this and look at the seven tips to designing and expressing your expertise Again, I'm just giving you a couple today. The first one is acrostics. Acrostics help to structure lessons. Acrostics are a composition usually in verse in which sets of letters such as the initial or final letters of a line are taken in order to form words or phrases or a regular sequence of letters of the alphabet. So it can either be it can be either or. So in short, acrostics uh, are the first letters of multiple words that form the spelling of a new word. To put it simply, <laughs> uh, but acrostics help to structure lessons. The easy method is an example of this. Acrostics are often used in poetry, but can also be used in prose as well. They help to, um, let's see, they help to structure lessons in a way that is easier for the students to remember detailed information of complex ideas. So one example of this you may remember from, from grammar school. Let's just say that you take a mathematical operation and you're now inside of the grammar school and you have the math teacher wanting the kids to remember these principles. So she'll say, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally, some of you may remember doing something like this, and but she really is helping them to take the P from please, the E from excuse, the M from my, the D from dear, the A from aunt, and the S from Sally, to use those as trigger words for remembering that the P can relate to, start with parentheses when you're doing these mathematical operations, the E is exponents, the M is multiply, and D is divide before the A in adding and the S in subtraction. So this is how acrostics, again, can help someone express their expertise. So you have another teacher who um, is a science teacher and she wants to give the different classifications of organiz organisms. And she'll say, okay, remember guys, King Philip can only find his green slippers. <laughs> Sounds silly, but the silly ones are, are, are what help people to remember and so again using the same method we just used in the math example the same example could be used here so that could express the kingdom phylum class order family genius and species so just okay two grammar school examples but let's fast forward to a more modern time now 
you have somebody who's an expert. Let's just say Robert Kiyosaki. And Robert Kiyosaki, uh, when he asked them about, you know, what are some keys to have for expertise? Um, it, it's all about packaging your ideas, packaging your ideas in, in a way that is understandable to others. Robert Kiyosaki has a great, great acrostic called Focus. And focus, as he defines it, is follow one course until successful. Wow, look at that. Just a sentence, but you look at this. Focus is follow one course until successful. Uh, he called the, this, this is one of the five principles that Robert Kiyosaki said will give you the Midas touch. Number two are acronyms. Acronyms where acrostics, structured lessons, Acronyms help to simplify the labeling of things. Acronyms are like acrostics, however, where acrostics are created by other words or sentences. Acronyms are an abbreviated form of words. So by definition, uh, an, an acronym is like NATO or radar or laser. Those are all actual statements or titles for things that they turned into words. Um, and so you take the, the form of the initial letter or letters of each of the successive parts of the major parts and you compound it into a term. Acronyms are great to use, um, I believe, for situational awareness. Just think about it. Uh, who would know about the Federal Emergency Management Agency if not for Hurricane Katrina? We started hearing about FEMA all over the place. FEMA, FEMA, FEMA. You knew who FEMA was. Why? Because a situation happened that called them into action. It called them into action. And the reason we were able to remember who this agency is or at the time was was because they simplified the labeling of the organization. Uh, you know, we, how many of us, you know, um, you know, or, or older adults, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, started hearing about NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, when the U.S. decided to land a man on a moon. And who was in charge of that? NASA. Right. And so, yes, now we may not have, we may not, if someone, if you ask, if you query, if you query a hundred people in the United States, no matter who you ask, tell me something about NASA, they're going to, they're going to be able to nail it. But if you say, tell me about the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, I think most, uh, a lot of people will probably get it. They'll probably put two and two together. But for the most part, NASA is, is a lot more popular of a phrase. Um, and so this was the goal and they were able to achieve it. But again, when you start to think about, how acronyms help to deliver your expertise is because it helps to simplify the labeling. Even right now, uh, during this modern time where we've now going into, uh, I don't even know what wave we're in right now <laughs> of COVID. And uh, who doesn't know about the World Health, the well World Health Organization, who or you know the Center for Disease Control (CDC). Uh, again, situational awareness helps in, in, in these eight organizations because they have simplified their labeling. You now are able to remember. Uh, now, if you, if you think about the benefit of being able to simplify your label, Quint Studer is a great example of how an expert can benefit, benefit from utilizing acronyms. Uh, one example of this uh, is seen with this man named Quint Studer. He has a, a book that I read some several years ago called uh, Hardwiring Excellence. 
several years ago, I read this book and this book um, really documents the journey, his journey as well. He was a healthcare administrator. Uh, he was working at a hospital at the time. He had a senior leadership position and he would go around. He would just do uh, rounds and did different things. And he started to speak to the people um, and apply what they saw as something that could help improve patient experience or employee satisfaction or even physician satisfaction. He just took the models and he sees, he just took the ideas rather and he put it into models. Uh, one of which was an acronym that he came up with. He was able to take these complex ideas and put them into simple labels. And in this framework, he called it AIDED. Now, AIDED is an acronym that, that is broken down as acknowledge, introduce, duration, exclamation, and thank you. And so, this is a journey that you will take a patient through in every interaction. If you have each one of these items in your interaction with a patient, this, the research shows that you will have a positive interaction with somebody. If you can acknowledge them, you can, if you can introduce yourself, you give the duration of what you're doing and also an explanation. These are all things. And then thanking them. These are all things that lead to really good patient experience. And as a matter of fact, in 2015, this model that he has along with some of the other things that he had put together he was able to package this and I think at this point he had you know, he had been, yes, it's about 15 years that he's, he now, he was, had the student group and he started to, he moved from being a healthcare administrator to now having his own business, working with healthcare institution and being able to provide great service through these models. In 2015, another group, the Heron group saw him and his work that he was doing with his group and he decided to buy him out. And he gladly accepted uh, for three hundred and twenty five million dollars. A student group um, posted on their 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 community institute website um, that the deal went through. And here's a quote. The Huron is sort of known as experts on process improvement and streamlining costs. Studer Group is known as experts in culture, employee engagement, and patient experience. And so Quinn Studer said, putting the two aspects together is great for both and great for healthcare. Acronyms help to simplify your message. And the last one that I'll give you today is analogies. Analogies help to synchronize your lessons. Analogies help to synchronize your lessons. Okay, the Merriam um, the Merriam Webster dictionary defines an analogy as a comparison of two things based on their being alike in some way. Right? And so when I talk about analogies synchronizing lessons, we will look at it in the business standpoint. So in business, communicating analogies help the audience to better understand these complex ideas. Again, that's another framework that helps to make things simple for you. And these ideas, the way that they do it, the, the analogies, they help to um, take situations uh, that may that someone is really familiar with. And then they connect it with something that they they may not be familiar with. And then they're like, oh, if this is like that, then that is like this. <laughs> uh, and so it helps to synchronize a larger point in your object lessons. And so it's, it's great for communicating. And, and, and you know, quite often, you know, this is something that that I love to use. And, and many speakers uh, use analogies because it really helps to, again, bring somebody into a better understanding. And you can see where somebody is going with things. 
In the Forbes article, uh, this is the best way to clarify complex ideas. The author, Esther Choi, she's quoted as saying this. Comparing the familiar with the unfamiliar is a leadership communication and storytelling tool that helps clarify the complex, giving audience the way to quickly get the gist of things. You know, you look at the, in another article that I read on is called analogies and business, the fastest way to get to the point, your point across as an author, the author then, then quote is quoted as saying when communicated properly. Analogies can convey everything from the urgency of an idea to the value of an idea and even simplifying a business strategy. In Good to Great, Jim Collins, um, the author, uh, he spoke about a, a company called Nucor Steel. And in Nucor Steel, basically what he was saying is that Nucor um was based in, in a lot of places were, were based in Pittsburgh and Nucor decided to put their, their steel making factory in the, <laughs> they put their steel making factory in Indiana. And you know, this is a lot where all the farmers were and they asked them, well, why did, why did you do that? Now their productivity went, went way up. They started to make more with less people. And when they asked the new core executives, why did they do that? They said, look, you can teach anybody to make steel, but you can't teach anybody a farmer's work ethics. And you know, everybody knows farmers gets, gets up early and they work late and they took those farmers who had those farmer work ethics and they put them into the steel factory and their productivity shot up. Here's a quote for them. Uh, we have, the hardest working steel workers in the world, said the new core executive. We hire five, we work them like 10, and we pay them like eight. The new core system did not aim to turn lazy people into hard workers, but to create an environment where hardworking people will thrive and lazy workers will either jump or get thrown right off the bus. So this is right from Jim Jim Collins. And his background for saying this, Jim Collins says that when it comes down to analogies and encapsulating the point, here's what Jim Collins says. He says, the essence of profound insight is simplicity. <laughs> analogies help to synchronize lessons. That's what I'm going to give you for today. Next week, I'm going to give you the last four, but I'm just hoping that this will be something that will be a benefit to you. Now, if you want to follow uh, what's about to happen, because it's about to go down and I'm hoping by next week, that's right. By next week, I'll be able to give you the information that you connect you to uh, the dream octane niche finder. <laughs> <laughs> Academy. That's it. The Academy is coming, y'all. And I want to give you enough information that if you are on your journey towards success, if you want to know how to, or to take complex ideas and make them simple, um, this Academy will help you to take those frames you already have and place them into an environment that can get put them on greater display. I wish somebody could what I'm doing for the community. I, I wish that I had somebody do this for me when I first got started. But the whole goal is this, as you already know, the reason that we do these things and the reason that we share this example, we know that, you know, everybody won't have, you know, the same success. Every, you know, it, it success is, it's, it's, it is complicated, <laughs> but my goal is to try to make 
at least portions of it simple. Now, although the success may not be the same for everybody, I want to give everybody the same opportunity because we believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dream and ability could be its fuel. Follow me on Instagram, y'all. We're just getting it started. Again, it's, it is a beer bones thing, but I would love for you to follow me on Instagram, Clifton C. Manning. And when you follow me on Instagram, just DM me. Let me know when the Academy is up. All right. Just DM me that and I will send you back the link for you to be able to get started for free on this new platform that will will show you step by step. We'll have modules in there step by step on how to get started right away by putting your information on in an online platform that can easily and simply get your message out to your audience in a more effective way. Thank you for tuning in today. And we look forward to sharing even more information with you on a very next episode. Thanks again.